Adel asked me to read a passage from God's Word before his message. So if you turn to 1 Samuel chapter 1 and verse 1. 1 Samuel chapter 1 and verse 1. The story of the wonderful lady, Hannah. 1 Samuel chapter 1, beginning at verse 1. Now there was a certain man of Rathiam Zophim, of the mountains of Ephraim, and his name was Elkanah, the son of Jehoam, the son of Elihu, the son of Tohu, the son of Zoph, an Ephraimite. And he had two wives. The name of the one was Hannah, and the name of the other, Peninnah. Peninnah had children, but Hannah had no children. This man went up from his city yearly to worship and sacrifice to the Lord of hosts in Shiloh. Also, the two sons of Eli, Hophni and Phinehas, the priests of the Lord, were there. And whenever the time came for Elkanah to make an offering, he would give portions to Peninnah, his wife, and to all her sons and daughters. But to Hannah, he would give a double portion. For he loved Hannah, although the Lord had closed her womb. And her rival also provoked her severely to make her miserable because the Lord had closed her womb. So it was year by year when she went up to the house of the Lord that she provoked her. Therefore, she wept and did not eat. Then Elkanah, her husband, said to her, Hannah, why do you weep? Why do you not eat? And why is your heart grieved? Am I not better to you than ten sons? So Hannah arose after he had finished eating and drinking in Shiloh. Now Eli the priest was sitting on the seat by the doorpost of the tabernacle of the Lord. And she was in bitterness of soul and prayed to the Lord and wept in anguish. Then she made a vow and said, O Lord of hosts, if you will indeed look on the affliction of your maidservant, And remember me and not forget your maidservant, but will give your maidservant a male child. Then I will give him to the Lord all the days of his life and no razor shall come upon his head. Now it happened as she continued praying before the Lord that Eli watched her mouth. Now Hannah spoke in her heart, only her lips moved, but her voice was not heard. Therefore, Eli thought she was drunk. So Eli said to her, how long will you be drunk? Put away your wine from you. But Hannah answered and said, No, my Lord, I am a woman of sorrowful spirit. I have drunk neither wine nor intoxicating drink, but have poured out my soul before the Lord. Do not consider your maidservant a wicked woman, for out of the abundance of my complaint and grief I have spoken until now. May God bless the reading of his word to our hearts today. Thank you, Dean. Good morning. It's not yet afternoon, so I'm watching the clock. And I'm not going to keep you for a long time because I know you have uh, some programs going on. Uh, You want to go and have a good time with your mothers and your children. And uh, we will do that as soon as we can. Uh, Happy Mother's Day to each and every mother. Uh, What Dean read uh, is a beautiful story that touched my heart so many times. Like five years ago, I spoke about uh, this subject from a different perspective. But today I want to talk to you about 
the influence of motherhood. And I want to share with you this little story about a woman who was known to be a praying mother. The influence of mothers is without comparison or competition, period. The church, nations, governments, society, all of them depend on our mothers for their stability. Within the home, mother is the reigning queen. We know that. Thus, when home life fails, every phase of life lacks wholesomeness. Someone said about Martin Luther's childhood, and I quote, behind the monk who shook the world was the influence of a mother. On this Mother's Day, we do well to honor mothers who are the prime kingdom seekers. They are chief soul molders. They are character builders and the foremost recruiting agents for eternal life. Today, I want to spend a few minutes with you reviewing the life of this woman who became a great mother. Hannah lived in a household where it was shared by two women. And it was a habit of old that men used to marry two women and thank God Jesus came and abolished this. Aren't you happy mothers? You know, We don't believe in that. We don't even think of that because this is something godly now to have a wife and a mother and honor her and love her and vice versa. Uh, this woman first was a praying woman. And I want to encourage all mothers today to emulate this woman. That's my message to you, to emulate her, to do as much as you can what she did. And look what she did. She, uh, we all know that the desire of, to bring children into the world and uh, rear them is normal for a woman. That's an instinct that is born, given to her by God. Hannah found herself barren, while the other woman had children. However, she was fortunate that her husband loved her more and enjoyed her. And he came to her, he said, am I not better for you than ten sons? Because he, he loves her. He loved her. But Hannah had a dear longing in her heart to have a baby. This is what every woman, when they get married, okay, at a certain time in their life, they want a baby. And let's look at Hannah, what she did. She went to God in prayers. There were no doctors. There were no hospitals. She couldn't do anything about that. It was a hopeless case, as man can think of. But she said, well, I will never lose hope in my God, the God of Israel. So she prayed. 
And her prayer, as we notice from the Bible, it was more than a petition. A petition, you present your case and leave it there with the judge and leave. It wasn't, it wasn't only a petition, it was more. Because the subject of her prayer was of vital importance. What was the subject of her prayer? Okay. A baby. I mean, th- this is no secret. And she went before the Lord. She went to that temple. And she poured her heart before God. Wouldn't you say that she was a praying woman? Before becoming a mother. The Bible said Hannah was speaking in her heart. And only her lips were moving. But her voice was not heard. She was in agony. She was in a dire need of putting her arms. And pressing to her bosom a little baby. She was suffering, the Bible says. She had a strong feeling about that. In verse 9, we read, She was greatly distressed, prayed to the Lord, and wept bitterly. And we notice that, on top of that, she never despaired nor discouraged. She was never despaired. She had hope that God is able to give her a baby. And she asked for a son. She didn't ask for a girl. Not that uh, she, there's anything wrong with that. But she wanted a son. And she knew one more thing. God is able. And God answers prayers. I want to encourage every mother today. That you have children. And you know you want them to grow as young ladies and young men to love Jesus. And to be good citizens. And to love the Lord. And to come to church. And to have their hearts changed. And their life to be examples for the other generation. You love to see your children this way. So I encourage you. It's not doctors. It's not institutions. It's the home first. Then the Lord Jesus Christ. Go to God in prayers. Mothers. We need praying mothers nowadays. We, we are most remiss. If we forget. The, the importance of prayers in the life of a family. Has prayer been a priority in the family? Have we been praying enough and opening our hearts enough to God to resolve the problems that we are facing today in the family? She never gave up, the Bible says. She was never discouraged. Even when the priest saw her. And he said, what, you know, you're drunk. You're drunk, Hannah. I mean, you are just blabbering at the mouth. She said, no, sir, I am not drunk. But I am in agony. I am petitioning God. 
I am begging God to open my womb and give me a baby boy. This is no. I didn't drink wine. And I'm not, I'm not drunkard. No. But I am in deep, deep prayer life before our God. She never gave up. Accused or not, she continued praying before God. And may God give us this spirit, the spirit of Hannah today. Mothers, you're responsible. Please take these responsibilities. And bring your children before God in prayers first. And ask God to give you the wisdom. And to give you the ability to be the example before them. And to pray with them and to pray for them. So God will protect them from the dangers of the road. This is a dangerous world. And it's getting worse as the days go by. I don't like to bring gloom and doom. I am an optimistic person. But the way we're seeing it, we are going backward, not forward. And may God bless this nation and protect our nation. And raise us and revives us. Only through prayers we can win it back. And win the peace that we all love. And the life, the quality of life that we pray for. Did she give up? She kept praying. And praying. Her, the other woman in the same household mocked her. said, why? I have children you don't have. Do you think that sat well with her? She never. And she never answered her. Anything. She went to God in prayers. And she told God, you saw her. And you saw what's happening to me. Even the priest. Even this woman. And no one is looking with compassion over my situation. And kept praying. And kept praying. And she never gave up. Praying for a child. I would say she was so consistent. That she is. And she will always be. The example for every woman. And man. And every household. To follow what Hannah did. Going to God. In prayers for your need. Are we taking our children in prayer? Are you. If you have any need. Are you going to the Lord in prayer? Please. Please, if your prayer life have been a little bit on the cool side, resurrect it today and take it to the Lord. We have a God who answers prayers. We don't pray for a God made of wood, nor stone, nor a God. We don't pray for the moon or the uh, sun. These are created by God to give glory to God. We worship An ever-living God, the Lord Jesus Christ. Remember, he's alive. And he will answer your prayers. A lady in the church who invited her neighbor to go to services with her kept count of the times the neighbor refused to go to church. It came to 49 times. She pleasantly mentioned the count to her friend, as she issued her 50th invitation to take her with her to church. 
At first, a friend declined again, but later called and said, yes, you know what, since it's your 50th invitation, I will go. I will go. So, if you invited someone and said no, and no, and keep, keep after them. Uh, and if you're interested, she told her, the neighbor, if you're interested enough in me to ask me 50 times to go, I will go with you and see what it is like. She went and liked what she saw. She returned home and she got saved. All because, here's the secret, someone did not give up too soon. Imagine if she gave up at 48. She kept going. And whatever is your petition today, whatever is your heart's desire, whatever is your request from God, don't give up. Say, well, I've been praying for this. I've been doing, I've been asking God so many times. Christians, you know the Lord very well. And he will answer in his timing, not in your timing. He will do his will in your life, not your will. Just trust him. And when you trust him, he will never fail you, nor forsake you. But he will give you what you need at the right time, at the right, in the right place. Remember that. She was consistent and she never gave up. Notice how tenderly, again, this woman, she answers those people who questioned her. She told Eli, the high priest, that she had poured out her soul before the Lord and pleaded with Eli not to count her as an unworthy woman. I'm not that woman you're thinking of. I'm not drunk. She also explained that because of her great grief, she had prayed so fervently. She put all her emotions, not in going here and there, and to the well, physicians available at that time, and seeking the neighbors or anyone else. She put all her attention, all her emotions, everything, she put it before God himself. She had a sweet spirit. Mothers, notice, he, because of her spirit, the priest believed her. And he sent her on her way, says, may peace be with you, and may God give you the desire of your heart. She changed his heart completely. Why? Because she was a sweet woman. May the Lord keep that characteristic in your life. The sweetness that God gives she was a wise woman at the same time. And what prudence she showed in handling herself with respect, humility, and dignity. Someone said, and I quote, prayer is heart's ease to a gracious soul. And throughout the New Testament, emphasis is placed on persistent in prayer. When Jesus was here on earth, what did he say? Ask, and it shall be what? Given you. Are these words to go in the air just like that? Jesus said, ask, 
And it shall be given you, provided we ask according to his will. You know, if I ask today that I want Alexis, I'm not going to get it, you know. He says, Edward, the clunker you have is good for you. Keep it. We have to know what to ask for. And when we ask according to his will, he will ask, it shall be given to you. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened to you. And someone said, let me, let me elaborate on this a little bit. A literal translation he gave us. He says, keep on asking and you will receive. Not ask and forget. Keep on asking. Keep on asking. Keep pounding the doors of heaven and you will receive. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking and it will be open to you. Well, let's see what happened. Hannah, did the Lord open the door for you? Hannah, are you going to get what you asked for? Let's see her prayer, what she asked for. She said, Lord, I made a vow to you. O Lord of hosts, if you will indeed Look on the affliction of your maidservant. Look where she's coming from. She didn't come and say, oh, well, I, I gave a cow this morning. I slaughtered it. And I gave wine and bread for the people here. And I gave them gifts. So look at me what I have done to the temple. So at least I expect you to give me something. To in return give me the baby. No. She said... Look what she said. And I quote in verse 11. O Lord. Of course. You will indeed look on the affliction of your maidservant. She placed herself as a maidservant of the Lord. She placed herself at the lowest. Lowest ebb a person could be. He said, just consider me a servant. And she didn't say it once. She repeated three times in one verse. And listen to this. And she says, please remember me. And not forget your maidservant. But we'll give your maidservant a son. Three times. As three times God said, okay, stop it, Hannah. I will give you something. He said, stop bugging me. I am going to do something. You know, I wish we do that with God. Don't worry, you won't disturb him. Keep on knocking. Keep on praying. Keep on asking. If it's according to his will. And he will, he will give it to you. And if you give me a son. If you give your maidservant a son. Here's, here's the big decision. And I want every mother to hear this. Says, I will give him to the Lord all the days of his life. An eraser shall never come on his head. This is, uh, he'll be a Nazarene. What dignity. What faithfulness. What a promise she made. I mean, you've been waiting all your life to have a baby boy. And when you get this baby boy, you're going to give him to the Lord. Yes. Yes. Yes, it's not an easy situation. And that what happened after that. The Lord heard her prayers. Number, number 50, you think? 49? I don't know. She kept on. 
She never gave up. He gave her her, her heart's desire. And he gave her a son. And she named him, you know, Samuel. The great prophet. And after she weaned him. Uh, at the age of three, during those days. When he started talking and walking. And at least understanding. She told her husband. Okay, let's settle up. Let's go up to Shiloh to the temple. Let's go up to the same priest who saw me three years ago or four years ago. I want to go there and I want to lend my son to the Lord. This is, this is a big decision. And she took with her the sacrifice. Before she met Eli the priest, she said, let's sacrifice. She offered a sacrifice of thanksgiving. She never forgot where that Samuel came from. She said, thank you first for Samuel. Secondly, she went into the inner temple where Eli was sitting there. And she said, you man of God, do you remember? Some years ago, I was praying in that corner. And you thought I was drunk. And I told you I wasn't. And I was praying for a son. Do you remember? Yes, yes, I remember. Do you remember? I have a son. Here he is. He looked at a beautiful baby. A beautiful son there. He said, I brought him to give him to the Lord. Can you imagine? She never thought. I mean, he gave her a son. And she might never have another baby. Another pregnancy in her life. And she was longing to have him. Yet, she said, God gave him to me. I'll give him back to God. And I want to speak to every mother today. You are raising your children. Whether they are one year or two years or three or 17 or 18. Unless you place them in the hand of the Lord. They are not going to be protected in our day and age. Remember that. Give your children to the Lord. Because your arms are not stronger than God's arms. Your care is now no more better than God's care. Your love is not compared to the love of God who gave His only begotten Son to save you and save me. And your strength is nothing compared to the one who holds the whole world in His arms. And your emotions are nothing compared to His emotions and His compassion and His mercy. He is better off, your son or your daughter. He's be- they are better off. In the hands of the Lord. I said, she said, I'm coming to place my son in the hands of the Lord. And there I want to leave him. I want to go back home. And I want to leave him there to grow. But the neighbor said, what have you done? You died to get one. And now you give him up. She said, I did not give him up to the world. I gave him up to God himself. And he's better off being in God's hand than mine. (laughs) Mine failed. But he never fails. And he will never fail you. And I'm talking to fathers too. Your children, where are they? If they are not in the hands of of God, I beg you at this very moment to place them in the hand of God. I, I, I beg you to do that. You know what the Bible says? It's in Psalms. No good thing will he withhold from them that walk uprightly. Did he withhold the gift? She said, he gave me a gift. I want it 
put it in your hands. Where's your son now? Where are your children? It's good to raise them, to love them, and to cherish them. But first and foremost, give them to God. He can take care of them. But said, Edo, it's difficult. I'm not telling you to take them to some uh, uh, place up in the mountains, uh, uh, some, some temple, some uh, uh, convent, and leave them there. No, not at all. You can keep them in the house, and these are your children. You're not going to get rid of them. But whilst raising them, remember that God must come first to raise them. Do the will of God in their upbringing. That's what I'm saying. And to say, I'm giving you to the Lord. I'm praying the Lord will bless you and be with you, will raise you. And this is the only way you can keep your children by giving them to God. He'll give them back to you. Do you think she lost her son? Her neighbor said, are you crazy? Who's going to, who is going to educate him? Who is going to teach him? She says, he'll be taught there. I gave him to God. God has many, God has plans for him. You, we, should, we might have plans. Put these plans before God if it's your will, Lord, that my children will be this and that and whatever. Okay. The Lord will direct your hearts. You and your husband, if you're a single woman, will direct your heart to raise your kid, raise your children, and bring them to know the Lord first and foremost. Was she rewarded? My last word. Was she rewarded? Three rewards. Not one. Three rewards. Let's hear from the priest that rewarded her more than she asked. In, in chapter 2, verse 20, we read, the Eli blessed Elkanah. This is the one who told her, you're drunk. He blessed Elkanah, his, her husband, and his wife, and said, may the Lord give you children. You're leaving him here so we can raise him and Teach him the precepts of God. May the Lord would give you children in place of the one you have dedicated to the Lord. How about that? A prayer from the priest there. And she went home for the first time, smiling. Do you think she lost her son? Wait for a moment. In verse 21 of chapter 2, And the Lord visited Hannah. And she conceived. And she gave birth to three sons and two daughters. How about that? How about that? She gave one to the Lord. And she visited him every year. But she visited him with five children coming over with her. With five. Did God withhold any good thing from her? Because she honored him. And what does the Bible say in in Psalms? I will honor those who... That's my verse. You should know that. 
Once, once we honor God with our children, our lives, whatever we have in life, God should come first said, God, you take him. And to the neighbors and to those people, the acquaintances and everybody in town, because it was a small town, says, what's going to happen to this boy? Uneducated, no one to teach him. No one, he's going to be with, with his mother and father. Well, listen to, listen to what the Bible says. In verse 226, we, uh, chapter 2, verse 26. The boy Samuel was growing in stature. He's in the hands of God. What do you expect? Mother, if you place your children, mothers, in the hands of God, what do you expect? He was growing in stature and in favor, both with the Lord and with men. And in chapter 3, verse 20, listen to that. All Israel, from Dan in the north, in all Israel, the whole nation... In the north, the northern part, town of, uh, of Israel, to Beersheba, the most southern town in, in uh, Israel, Samuel was confirmed as a prophet of the Lord. <laughs> Who taught you, Samuel, to be a prophet? Well, he said, okay, I am serving the Lord. Let's look at his credentials. That's her son that gave him to the Lord, prophet. He became a prophet. He became a judge. Who taught you? He became a priest. And he became the leader of the nation. The leader of the nation. That mothers would die to have one of these for their children. The leader of the nation. And the Bible says he judged Israel all the days of his life. He became one of the great heroes of the Hebrew history. I wonder why. I wonder why. What a great mother. Wouldn't you say? May God bless her. And may God help every mother. To emulate her. In prayers. In honoring God. In faithfulness. In sweetness. And this is how. She didn't win the love of God. She won the love of people around her. And you know what he used to do, Samuel? If you want to read First Samuel, you know what he used to do? He used to go and judge the nation and go on a circle, circuit. You know, he didn't have time. You know where he lived? Later on, do you want a compensation? She lived in Rama. He went and had his house in Rama, near his mom. And he did not say, well, you gave me up. Thank you, mom. I'm going to show you. How much I appreciate you. He went and lived in the same town where she lived. About five miles walking from him. And she would be just elated to see him. Going and coming as the leader of all Israel. Where? Where did she go wrong? Did she go wrong? Would you say she did right? Would you say she made a good decision? May God help us mothers. And help us homes. To make the right decision for God. And you know what? Any right decision, God should be in it. And he will help you. And he will help you succeed. And he will compensate you as this woman was rewarded. Amen. And may God bless you. And let's bow our heads for prayers. Our Father, we thank you for the Bible, the Word that teaches us 
everything we need to know. And this lesson this morning, may it be applied to every heart, mothers first, fathers, and each and every person. We pray for our young ones. We pray for our children that we live as an example before them. And help us, Lord, to bring them in the fear of the Lord. Dismiss us, we pray, on this beautiful day. In Jesus' name we ask. Amen.